<laughs> Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's patron, whose name I have vowed to pronounce correctly until the end of time, is Terry Menard. He's at Gaily Dreadful, and you should check out all of his work out there. Um, our guest this week, podcast Maven. He's a co-host of the podcast In Quest of Geek and Nerds on a Roll, and also the upcoming podcast Moon Harbor Heroes. It's JPG. Welcome to the show, JPG. Brennan, I can't even tell you how nice it is to hear your voice again. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was talking to you before we went on. Mm-hmm. I've been on a lot of shows that you've produced, but I've never actually been on one of your shows. So Yeah, which like... Which is kind of embarrassing, right? Because because we talk, uh, you know, we always talk before and after those shows and everything as well. And I think that like a lot of our guests and a lot of the people that I've helped produce like forget like, oh yeah, Jason talks on shows also. So it's com- so like, I don't know. I feel like it's like, oh, isn't he just the guy who runs everything? Like, no, I swear I'm a talent also. <laughs> no, we we all know you're a talent. We've listened to your shows. Oh, thank um, you. You're welcome. But also. I was like, I feel like there's no actual documentation that you and I have ever spoken to each other. <laughs> I oh man, I know. Um, we, <laughs> I was really, to be quite honest, like I love working with you, but I was quite shocked that you re- that you actually asked me to do this particular episodes. Um, well, you, you mean like the specific episodes we're covering, or just this show in general? Just the show in uh-huh. general, because you know how much of a scaredy cat I am. Well, see, I figured that wouldn't be a problem because the show is not scary, but I guess we'll discuss um, different perspectives on that as we get into it. Um, but first, before we talk about this episode, I want you to tell people about your podcast. Like, where can they find them? What are they about? What's what's the elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my main show is I am one of the co-hosts and showrunners for In Quest of Geek. That is... Uh, I mean, in Quest of Geek, everything that's under this umbrella now is uh, weekly podcasts, uh, weekly Twitch streams, which um, you might actually hear Alex uh, in the background because she's actually uh, Twitch streaming right now in our living room. Uh, and then um, in, in, an upcoming actual play uh, RPG. And then um, this is all about uh, acting as your guide for your next pop culture journey. So it's all about like introducing pieces to you, like taking it from a cultural and social standpoint, taking it from an introductory standpoint as well. We just want to make sure that everybody has a space in geek culture that is comfortable to them, you know? So like if you, let's say for example, you don't know, you want to start with Batman and you don't know where to start, right? Write into us, we'll make sure to know, uh, to tell you exactly where to start, what's worth it, what's not worth it, things like that. Yeah, and what about um, what about Nerds on a Roll or Moon Harbor Heroes? So, uh, Nerds on a Roll is another actual play podcast. Um, this is uh, we play very very angsty teen superheroes. Uh, this season, I am playing uh, a character called the Steel Spectre, who is a, a very very sensitive soul with density shifting powers, um, who just wants peace with everybody. I'm sure that's going to work uh, out great. I, I play him as a teen Uncle Iroh. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, Moon Harbor Heroes, which is another actual play podcast as well. I'm playing another angsty teen superhero. And uh, and so this is going to be in the Moon Harbor universe. And 
Uh, oh gosh, I think our, our first recording is in the next couple weeks, and I am playing a character called the Blade of Sorrows, who is uh, every. Uh, <laughs> Do you ever watch anime growing up, Brennan? I watched I watched some Pokemon. Um, I, okay. I slipped some uh, Yu-Gi-Oh in there. <laughs> so uh, there's a trope in uh, anime called the hot demon boyfriend. Oh, that 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 is uh, me. And... I've never, I have never seen one on screen, but I am one. <laughs> I am definitely playing you then in their next season. Okay, great. <laughs> I feel like I mean I uh I frequent a store that has a lot of anime and manga things and I feel like I've at least seen images that seem to match this character that you're describing even though I'm not personally oh, man. familiar. Anime's having anime's having a renaissance right now, man. You you should really uh you should really jump in. If there's one thing I'm probably I'm going to try to get you into, uh, it's either uh, tabletop role-playing games or uh, anime. I've I've dabbled in both and not like specifically resisting either of them. Like, no, I'm I'm not like oh, you know, there's not for me. I just it just hasn't really happened for me yet. So I I, I think you could very easily drag me into this. <laughs> Um, and I did want to actually start this uh, kind of with a thank you, actually, oh, to you. okay. I'm ready for it. So uh, you, of course, know how much of a scaredy cat I am uh, when it comes to horror films. I am aware. My, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions this year uh, was to be a little bit braver for you. And I've watched almost two dozen horror films this oh, year. Oh, wait, specifically for me? Yes. Okay, I mean, you could like, you could have like texted me and been like, "Hey, I know," but I kind of wanted to surprise you and wow. all that, and I knew that we were going to run into each other again and everything too. But I, you know, I'm such a scaredy cat, and and I I imposed a rule for myself, and I think you're going to be very proud of this. Okay, uh, I the rule is if the horror film has a social or cultural lean to mm-hmm. it, I have to watch it. Oh well, yeah, I mean, those are most of the best ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna be super surprised, right? Like I, I knocked out uh, Cabin in the Woods, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I did Get Out. I did Us. I did Train to Busan. Like there, you'd be super proud of me right now. No, man. I, I am. I am currently proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite that you watched? Uh oh, gosh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I'd have to say it's either Get Out or Train to Busan. Okay. Um, Get Out, of course, you know, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, and um, an incredible look at uh, just, like, how how you can use the horror genre in order to really, like, show the horrors of, like, racism. Um, and, uh, and, like, there was, like, a lot of entrapment in it. There was um, a lot of really uh, evocative uh, visuals in it as well. Uh, but then um, I think I'm most proud, I think, of Train to Busan, which is a zombie film from South Korea. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever heard me speak on any of my shows, uh, I have this awful, irrational fear of zombies. I don't think it's irrational. It's more so that, like, it's the idea that one scratch, one bite, like, one slip up, like that, and, and you're done. That's it, right? So I always see zombie films and the survivors in them as like you—you you seriously just got lucky. 
Yeah, they get lucky. Well, especially because in a lot of zombie films and things, people end up covered in blood, and I'm like, just shut your eyes, shut your mouth. Like, you, um, yeah, like how did you like build a a a a one hundred percent successful seal, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I think for someone who's as well prepared and organized as you, the idea of having to maintain that level of awareness all the time must be the opposite of thrilling, <laughs> exhausting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's funny because yeah. sorry, um. You and I are very similar in that way. I frequently have zombie dreams that are not nightmares. They're specifically stress dreams. Oh, my gosh. I've literally never met anybody who has these. But, like, in the dream, is it like you do something and everybody else is doing the same thing and then they're effective but you're not? Um, Not quite. It's kind of from... It's, it's more of just the, like, you know, being in the world and having to be constantly vigilant and just the, how tiresome and grating that is i'm very much like if i would categorize myself as somebody in a horror film right like some sort of trope Mm -hmm. um there is oh my gosh there's a film where like a bunch of people are like stuck in a diner and like tyrese is in it uh oh my gosh Um, okay basically in it he tries to save a little kid that's outside and by trying to save the little kid, he dies because Is of it. Is it Legion? I think it might be Legion or like, I, gosh, it's like something like that. They're in like a truck stop or something. Yeah, and Paul I can't, I can't in remember it. now. I, I, and I'm absolutely sure all of your fans are just going to be yelling into the <laughs> void, like whatever this title is right now. Um, but yeah, like uh, my my friends, you know, they definitely joke like. If there's somebody gonna that's gonna die in a horror film because they tried to save a little kid, it's definitely me. I mean, there there's worse ways to go because most people, you know, like if you exist in a horror movie, the statistics that you'll see the end credits are low in general. Yeah, like I haven't really seen a Filipino guy just like survive through <laughs> through one of these. I have to do more research though. Have you seen a Filipino guy in one of these? Like you're oh, you woefully underrepresented. Oh, dang it. Oh, gosh. Like, are we just not even, like, worth, like, Jason, like, or Mike Myers just murdering us? I, I, I mean. Can they just, like, not get the visas in order to get on the island? Like, I don't understand. I mean, I don't, look, I, no comment. Um, but I will say there are some very fun Filipino <laughs> horror movies that I've seen, um, including one. Really? There's one that's a wild like john waters-esque queer filipino horror movie called remington and the curse of the zombadings um and it is oh my god this sounds amazing fascinating it is really really (laughs) out there um and super fun oh man um but okay uh you know we'll we'll get to freddy's nightmares eventually this is way more interesting to talk about um (laughs) well in your in your horror franchise no not in your horror watching from this year is there is there a mm-hmm. movie that kind of rattled you enough to make you think about you know maybe pulling back on this resolution? Hereditary. Uh, all right, fair enough. Um, I Hereditary is where I personally felt like I made both a personal and professional mistake. <laughs> you know, because I was like, oh, cool, I'm just gonna stay up for 14 days now. Right. And and it's not that the, the film is 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 evocative and terrifying. Right. But when you think back to it, there's only like two or three deaths in it. Yeah. I mean, th- there are things that are more terrifying than 
witnessing on-screen death. Like, you know, most horror movie fears come with, you know, like most fear in general is derived from like the fear of the end of your life and your mortality. But like seeing it depicted on screen isn't always the worst thing. Like there are way worse things to be frightened by. And then, uh, oh gosh, there was another one. Um, visually, I think like, uh, is it pronounced mid midsummer midsummer midsummer? Uh, jury's out. I say mid, what do I say? Midsummer? I don't know. Midsummer. Okay. Um, there were a couple scenes in that that I was like, oh, okay. I might've, I might've, I might have jumped into the deep end. You know, I definitely jumped into the deep end with Hereditary. But, like, that was not that was not a good idea, Brennan. Like, I had to take a few weeks off, man. That's okay. Look, you're you're really putting yourself through the ringer. Like, honestly, most... I watch horror films, like, at a minimum of one a week. But most of the ones that I watch are shitty and silly and are not actually challenging to my constitution. <laughs> so, you're, you're, you're really brave in it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I think that's why I, I'm really excited to talk to you today about this, right? Because I think you're kind of opening up another world where it is, yes, it is horror, but it is something that is, I would say, like, handleable by by just, like, people like me. So I'm really excited. Yes, and yeah, I, I think, I, I don't think I would go so far as to call Freddy's Nightmares gateway horror because I don't think it would convince anyone to like the thing that it is necessarily. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely, like, training wheels horror because it was created for network television. So it's not going to, like, really try to destroy your mind. I, I just need you to, to really, like, I need you to patent and like trademark training wheels horror for me, please. <laughs> I will. I've look because I've been trying to get on any of your shows previously, and I'm like, I can, I can make this really easy. Don't worry about it. And now you know that I can. So wink, wink. But... You know what, Bren? I and and now that we, you know, now that we've we've rebranded to Inquested Geek and everything too, I gotta have you back on seriously. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm here. Got nothing else to do, um, <laughs> but. We are here to talk about 15 minutes in Freddy's Nightmares. Um, this one, I mean, I can pretty much blast through the kind of plot synopsis part on this one because we actually talked with the writer of this episode in on our Halloween bonus podcast. So, like, this episode's been pretty well discussed. So I think we picked the right time to, to yammer on a little bit. <laughs> um, this is season two, episode 11, Dreams That Kill. It was directed by mm, Tom DeSimone, who's done a bunch of these. And written by Tom Blomquist, who we talked about. Um, original air date was December 17th, 1989. Uh, here's what you could have watched instead that weekend in theaters. You could have watched Driving Miss Daisy with Morgan Freeman and uh, and huh. Glory with uh, that like Civil War movie with Matthew Broderick. Oh my gosh, with Morgan Freeman and Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Wait, was Morgan Freeman also in Glory? What? I'm. Wait, was I'm, he? Because now I'm... Uh, now, now I'm... Con- I might have gotten confused. I mean, now. I might have just like incepted that idea into your brain by saying oh, his God. name. Oh okay, no, he's whoa, also wait. in Glory. Yeah, this is he is in busy Glory, right? For him. Oh, wow, that is that's amazing. Was he like filming both at the same time? I don't know. Why was he not in Freddy's Nightmares? Actually, like I feel like I'm missing out now. <laughs> you know what? The, and I was gonna the other episode that you asked me to do as well. I was like, I kind of recognize this dude, but I don't know from where. And I was gonna ask you about that also. Um, well, we'll get to that. I do like to kind of dig through the cast and see what kind of credits I can dig up on them. Uh, but actually on this particular episode, 
it was mostly just people who've you know done one episode of every television show ever and a bunch of voice actors so no credits really jumped out um so why don't we just hop on in to the episode so (laughs) this is actually a sequel as we discussed on halloween um to the opening episode of season two which i believe i sent you like a very short synopsis in your in that email i sent you right (laughs) yeah you you were very you spared me from having to watch more than a few episodes just in case I was too scared to. Oh, well, also, I, look, I, I'm i not in the business of wasting your time more than I already have. <laughs> um, but basically, in case you don't remember, that's the one where there was this television show that where they were recording this doctor who was like, helping a kid who was, had these Friday nightmares. But Freddy went into the doctor's dreams. And then eventually he also chased down this cameraman guy. But anyway, so there's a new host of this television show, Springwood Confidential. His name is something. Brandy Jennings, Charlie Nichols. I have a bunch of names in my notes, and they are incoherent. <laughs> um, but basically, he's he's pitching a new thing where they're going to talk to the kid again. Oh, Randy. Randy's the kid. Um, sorry, I, I pushed these episodes out of my brain as soon as I watched them. So reading my notes again is kind of like watching it for the first time. <laughs> um but yeah so basically he's suggesting or he's you know teasing a new segment where they're gonna talk to randy and talk about can dreams kill yada 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 um but then he has a dream that he's being shaved freddy shows up and he's like forget your dream show i won't have anybody to play with if you scare them away um which is in direct opposition to the later continuity of freddy versus jason where he's like i need people to be scared of me in order to you know have my power like tinkerbell um well, and they established this in the first Friday the 13th as well, because that's how that's how the woman beats him. That's how Nancy beats him at the end of the first one, right? She just turns his back, her back, and then she's like, oh, I'm not scared anymore. Or am I thinking of something wrong? Uh, well, I mean, I'm thinking okay, of the right you, you, What you said is absolutely right, except the movie's called A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, sorry. It's okay. It's very common. Um, I'm not enough of a pedant to actually care. Um <laughs> But for the record, <laughs> you'll just you'll just make me sound good in post. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be my voice being a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, a nightmare on Elm Street. And it, but I did get the lady's name right. Yeah, right, Nancy, and you got the scene right. Like she does defeat him by denying him his power and denying his hold over her. So, but then like she just gets murdered in the next one, right? Um, in the third one she comes back. Yes, the third she, one. Gotcha. She does okay. get murdered then, but. She saves a bunch of kids, so good for her. She actually, Aww. yeah, she's the you character in that in that in that installment. <laughs> oh god. Okay, and then I'm sorry. We were at when the dude gets cut during the shave. Yes. Okay. So yeah, Freddy cuts him in his dream, but he thinks that the person shaving him is cut, and he's a really just diva esque anchor person. Even though he's <laughs> he's just a small time Ohio like talk show anchor but he acts like he is nicole kidman (laughs) yeah so then like he mentions oprah and uh geraldo like they were all on the same level and i'm like you're you not even near oprah money you're not even near 80s oprah money you know you are the host of springwood confidential which for all the evidence we have goes out to just the population of Springwood, which is rapidly shrinking because the murder rate is very high. <laughs> yeah, like, isn't, 
There's like four people in that town. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, basically. Um, but yeah, so he he somehow still, even though he is acting way above his level, he does get this guy fired, which is just rude. Um, Freddy does one of his things. He's d- doing his like, oh, you like me. You really like me. Thank you. Thank you. Glamour, chicks, fame and fortune. I'm like, yep, you are still continuing to be horny, Freddy Krueger. Thanks for that. That does kind of bring me to my first question, okay. though, Brennan. Um, why is everything so horny? <laughs> is 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 that like a hallmark of of eighties horror in general? Just because you know, like I, I was doing my research, and you know, a lot of there are a lot of eighties horror memes on the internet and everything. Is there like a specific through line, or did you have to be a certain amount of horniness in order to be an eighties horror film? I mean, the idea was to, you know, attract, like, a lascivious teen audience by presenting boobs and maybe smearing them in blood sometimes and just, you know, calling it a movie. And then, so this, is this, like, the girls gone wild of this particular generation, then? Uh, I mean, wasn't Girls Gone Wild also in the 80s? Or was that the 90s? No, it was like more okay. '90s, early 2000s. I mean, I guess um, I, I was a very, I was a very lonely teenager, huh. so that was that was my through line and reference for that. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, I think the the crux of it is that um, internet, the internet did not exist yet, therefore internet porn did not exist yet. Um, so, in order to, you know, engage with oneself in the downstairs area, um, you had to be watching movies. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's fair, right? <laughs> I mean, as somebody... Okay, so I, you know how I told you that uh, uh, my New Year's resolution this year was to was to watch more horror yes, films? Yes, I remember that. My other one uh, this year was to try to be more sex positive. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's a good combo yeah. then. Yeah, you know, yeah. So like, I was like, oh my god, this, is, this show is going to be perfect to do and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm a little bit mad because, like, in the next scene, you actually meet the TV anchor's girlfriend, who's also the producer, which is, like, a gigantic conflict of oh, interest. Yeah. But then she's also, like, clearly 20 years younger than him. Yeah, I mean, and there's a thing of, like, you know, yes, sex positivity also includes, like, age gaps in ways that are appropriate because they are both consenting adults. Um, yeah, but also, but but like way more side boob than I thought there was going to be in this particular. Oh episode. yeah, oh this episode is especially horny, and there there have been some extremely like, I I I would hesitate to use the word erotic, but they are shooting for erotic in these scenes. Like th- the show has definitely pushed the limits of like what the Fox Network would air at certain points. And I mean, like I I know you're gonna get to it, but like. Who bangs in a hospital room? Oh, oh, we will get there, JPG. <laughs> I know. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that back up. Okay. Oh yeah, no worries. Um, but congrats on the sex positivity. But it is also, it is not a problem to be uncomfortable with, especially how horny Freddy is, especially because canonically in this show he is a child molester. So it's like, why, why are you, why are we doing this? Yeah, like I, I. It's like not charming, and it makes me feel weird and kind of creeped out. But that might be lending to his aesthetic, though, right? I mean, he is only interested in creeping you out, so that's fair. But also, this show is layered in a lot of really uncomfortable 
patriarchal 80s archetypes about sex and i think that's what you're kind of picking up on rather than like ew sex bad exact yes yeah there's it's not really a prudishness it's more so of like oh it's very one-sided yes it's 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 very much about you know the male gaze and male entitlement Um, yeah and as somebody who who routinely speaks about comic books like i'm wildly familiar with the mail case (laughs) oh man one of my favorite things in that arena was a tumblr meme i saw once upon a time that was highlighting all the times on comic book covers that women would be contorted in such a way that you could see both their boobs and their ass in the frame and it was just kind of like a like an x-ray drawing of like how their spines are just completely twisted in half (laughs) there's there's another tumblr thread too where um they had male superheroes pose like their female counterparts. Oh yeah, I, I've seen that. It's 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 uh it's great. Um but yes, okay. So basically I'm skipping past this whole thing with the Well, okay, I'll mention it real quick. Um they do this interview with uh about like, oh, you know, rock music is evil, but they talked to Monkey Puke Stone, who's the lead singer of Stone and the Stoners, which was uh, a band that was actually referenced in an earlier episode, so we're doing a little bit of world building here. Um, what else? Okay, so basically there's a producer who's like, you lost control. You got hit in the head with this when this lady was like trying to take a swing at the uh, monkey puke. <laughs> um, and basically, well, essentially, Freddie is trying to steer the new host away from doing the Dreams That Kill segment. But the producer is really worried that, you know, this new host is not strong enough to like you know be a host on his own without doing that segment and so it's it's basically a battle of wills at this point and so what else truly i don't understand what my notes are telling me right now <laughs> well no no cuz cuz when he gets knocked out no was it was it he gets knocked out by the lady with the purse and then does he go to the hospital because of that? Or he goes to the hospital because of the other thing? He goes to the hospital because he gets knocked out by the lady with the purse, I think. But And then this is when him and his girlfriend bang. Yes. Uh, yeah. He, he does okay. have a brief interlude nightmare where Freddy is the host of the show. And Robert Englund's definitely getting to kind of, you know, flex his I can do other things muscles. And it's kind of fun. And then this is when um, he's, like, getting barbecued? Yeah, it's it's really not worth wasting breath on. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Right. Um, but yes, so this is where Brit is undressing in the hospital room. That's the name of the girlfriend character. She looks like she could be related to the the Gummer sisters, um, Meryl Streep's daughters. She is the quintessential '80s, like high powered hot woman. Oh yeah, and she is very attractive and like it, un- like surprisingly, because a lot of the sex in the show is the kind of like network TV sex of. They're fully in their clothes, just kind of rubbing together. Um, but she seems to be actually topless. Like, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure she has pasties on or something, but they, like, went for it in this scene. And it's... Yeah. Side boob. Yeah, side boob. And, and then lots of back. Super weird kissing. <laughs> right? Like, weird stage kissing. Yeah. It's very peculiar. Um, again, you know, we're not, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum. But also... <laughs> 
yuck. Somebody's yum if 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 their thing is stage kissing. Because that was real. Like, because stage kissing is always built for you to see both people's faces and all this other stuff. But that doesn't actually lend to, to pleasure, I think. Especially when you're already cramming yourself onto a tiny little hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, which, like... Have people not ever been on hospital beds? There's no, there's like, it's it's very contorted to, to fit another person on that thing. Oh, yeah. Like, look, I have definitely made out with people in dorm rooms, and that's, it, it's it's not the business. <laughs> you just gave me, like, hard flashbacks of, like, making out with, well, my now wife. Aww, um, so, on so her romantic. T- on her twin bed in between classes at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, the good old days. I know! That made me feel so old right now. <laughs> well, one of the benefits of being old is that you have an actual bed. Oh, yeah, man. I'm never going to go back to anything under a queen. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, there's no way. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so, yeah, they're in this tiny, tiny little bed. Um, There is a teen boy who's carted by. He has stabbed himself with darts in the throat while asleep, which is we don't see, but we hear the nurse talking about it. And guess what? It's Randy, the character from episode one. So poor guy. He just gets off off screen. So sad. Um, So, okay. So he's back to work. He's got bags under his eyes. He's falling asleep on set. He has a dream that Freddy's like electrocuting him saying he'll light up his life. And then somehow he's electrocuted by coffee in an ashtray. Yeah. It's like, the ashtray was wet, and then the ashtray was on the ground, and then, like, a current went through one of the wires or something like it's that. It's a very Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I just had this, uh, I can't remember who I had this conversation with, but somebody had to explain to me the plot of Final Destination, and I was just really mad about it, because there's really no way to win, right? At least with Freddy, and with Nightmare, mm-hmm. right? Nancy got to turn her back, and she figured out how to beat him. Yeah. There's nothing to win in Final Destination. Well, yeah, I mean, that it, it really does kind of boil down the, the slasher formula to to such a degree that, you know, like, in a slasher movie, it's impossible to kill the killer. Like, the killer's always going to open their eyes at the end of the movie and secretly not be dead. Um, but the Final Destination really takes that to, like, its most concentrated state of, like, the killer is literally death and unkillable. Um, they, you know, they do find their ways around things in certain ways but yeah it, it it's not not a particular it's maybe a little nihilistic <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway i don't know how we're not talking about this next scene so after he's been electrocuted his he's basically in a coma in the hospital but instead of just being hooked up to machines in a hospital bed he is suspended from the ceiling by wires like he's in Cirque du Soleil <laughs> yeah but then like I couldn't figure out how the wires were actually suspending him. And then I think that they made like a directorial choice because in the dream world where Freddy is torturing him, um, uh, they're like, he's also suspended. So like, did the props guys just get real lazy or, or, or what happened? I don't know, but I wouldn't trade this scene for the world because it's the most perplexing what-the-fuck image you're going to see. Yeah, he's like, and it's only like three chords that he's, he's like suspended by. And then like, I was thinking, okay, is it because like 
the bed is metal and then you don't want to ha- build another current or something like that or can't be oh man can't be but there's only also like in the room there's only like two machines monitoring him which that's not how coma patients work you guys no and and are the are the cables what is doing the monitoring or are the cables holding him or both <laughs> Yeah, because then, like, you don't see any, like, do you see any, like, tubes on him or anything like that? No, it's like he's in some sort of cable, not even hammock, because they're, like, kind of holding him up from the back almost. Yeah. I don't even know how they did it on screen. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, props to the props guy on this one. Yeah, uh, it's it's truly mind-boggling and magical. Um, and look, I'm sure there's a reason because I'm sure just like the human centipede, Freddy's nightmares is 100% medically accurate. Um, and we have no reason to <laughs> not believe that this is how coma patients are, are suspended <laughs> from the air. Um, but anyway, he has another dream about Freddy. Freddy's basically like, well, you're all tied up and you're in a coma so I can constantly, you know, fuck with you and torture you. And he, th- some, there's some gross shit. He rips out his tonsils and like throws these bloody kind of scraps at the wall. He keeps putting his like his blade fingers like in his butt. Like it's it's like twice that he does that in the episode. Another thing that um you know men in the eighties were really, really horrified by was ass play. I mean obviously <laughs> obviously nobody wants a knife in their ass, but the thing about the joke is that like, oh it's in his butt. Oh what's he gonna do? Yeah, and I just feel like it's 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 I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a bit homophobic oh, also though. It, it's one hundred percent homophobic. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like, I don't know, like did, like I, like that that was like a very specific like, oh like that sucks. They're kinda kink shaming, like on like as quietly as they possibly can. Oh look that kind of thing is such background noise to me at this point. Like or just the huh. the, the thing of like straight men being afraid of having things put in their butt um is such a common joke and it's so low-key present in so many things like once you start becoming aware of it you're like oh this is i'm hearing this all the time yeah like like when when like um like dumb like 90 sitcoms joke about like prostate exams oh yeah that was such a thing oh man yeah like one 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 of many reasons i'm very happy to be gay is that like i don't have to worry about any of that shit um you know just i i don't know i i feel free of that horrible weird stigma there's like a judge there's like a judgment call on that right i don't know yeah no of course. well look i mean homophobia is rooted in misogyny because the gay mm. men are viewed in the gender binary as like the the closest a man can become to being a woman and that would be such a horrible fate um Ugh. and so yeah you know it's it's all it's all rolled up in there in a really fun yeah. little melange i'm sorry that dudes are trash by the way hey look i i date them i know <laughs> well no i'm sorry i'm sorry that 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 the cis straight dudes are trash okay. there there you go the uh, i will I, like as 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 being one of their people i'm just going to apologize in advance <laughs> I, I i appreciate that um but anyway back to the show um basically there's this 18 year old boy who's in a motorcycle accident who's also taken to the hospital um and basically there's a doctor who wants to take brain cells from this coma patient and just squirt them into the kid's brain 
Yeah, because that's how blood work and brain cells work, I guess, now in this particular... Like, Freddy... The, the Elm Street universe has, uh, like, the worst doctors and the worst adults. Yeah, the the whole adult presence is is a problem in the Elm Street, in, in Springwood in general. Um, they cannot be trusted. But, yeah, so, interesting. interestingly enough, um, this... This episode is all one big thing, but it, it it's all one big story to the point that Freddy doesn't even have a little interstitial in between the first and second halves of the show like he normally does. So we just kind of roll right on forward after after the kid gets some some new brain cells squirted into his ear, like like as happens. And then like this dude, like he's obviously on his rounds with his attending physician, which means that like he's like a resident or training to be a doctor. And I'm like, bro, you're just going to go against the lady who who is your boss, who has way more experience than you. And, oh, I'm just going to, like, squirt brain cells into this 18-year-old <laughs> Yeah, kid. he's like, I'm going to tamper in God's domain. And also, well, also, is insurance covering this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is, like, what does 80s insurance look like, I mean, right? I, I just thought they'd put a Band-Aid on him. And it's like, oh, well, we're done. Here's $6,000 that you owe. <laughs> yeah, it seems like insurance is actually pretty great, at least in Springwood. Um, which is good, because get that life insurance also, because it is a dangerous place to live. Oh, I feel like the deductible would be awful. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of a sudden, he starts having these kind of memories of Charlie's brain. He starts to recognize his room. He recognizes Britt, the girlfriend, and has the exact same sexy dream about her that um, Charlie originally had. And I do have to say this, because... Um... <laughs> In the spirit of 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 eighties horniness, um, the kissing scene for them actually went longer than the kissing scene with the original couple. Uh, I know that's that's something. I and, then, know. and then to add another little layer to it, um, he's he's still dreaming that he's holding the hand of Brit, and he wakes up and he's holding his mother's hand. <laughs> oh yeah, and that was I, I'm sure that was sexually confusing for him. <laughs> oh yes, um. So basically, he starts smoking, he turns on the classical radio station, uh, all the things that Charlie apparently did that we weren't really privy to, so, like, who cares? Um, his He basically tells his mom to drop him off at the radio station, and he just kind of runs off, and she just is like, well, that's my boy, It just goes away. <laughs> like, wasn't he in a coma for at least a few days, if not a few weeks? At least a couple days, yeah. Um you know, in order to get that, that brain goo cooking. Um, but yeah, so they're holding auditions for the replacement for Charlie. <laughs> and he just walks in and is an enormous jerk to everybody and gets the job. Which I guess that's the only prerequisite for being on Springwood Confidential. <laughs> I, I just think in the 80s, you had to be mean to people and then maybe implied to be drug-addled, and then you got as many cool jobs as you possibly could. I mean, you know, again, straight white men at it again. Um, failing their way to the top. I know, right? Like, I every night when before I go to bed, I just pray, like, Lord, give me the strength of one mediocre white man. It's, it's, it's a powerful drug. Um, I got... <laughs> I got so close to being able to just like fully freebase it and I had to fuck it up by being a gay person. <laughs> yeah, man, you really messed that up. Uh, it's really my bad. Um, 
but yeah, and, and so now, yeah, this this whole dumb gay thing makes me so aware of all the space I'm taking up in the world. Disgusting. I know, right? Um, as yeah, as an Asian male, <laughs> uh, we still haven't had our time yet. I mean, like K-pop is 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 doing a whole bunch for us right now. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, we. You, here you go. A little, a little <laughs> crumb. Welcome to the yeah, world. Man. I'm getting, I'm get, I, I'm making it. I'm getting mm-hmm. there. We had one whole Crazy Rich Asians movie. You know, things are looking great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I I hope the second one comes as soon as it can. Because it's definitely delayed as a result of <laughs> gestures around. <laughs> yeah, gestures everywhere. Yes. I mean, you had, you had three seasons of Queer Eye. Yeah, I didn't watch them, but I have them. <laughs> Actually, the first season was incredible. Like, the first few episodes, you do cry. I know. I've heard that. Um, I, it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, no, this is not my me, like, coming out against Queer Eye, which I hear is a very sweet show, but it, I just haven't watched it. Oh, um, uh, okay. Oh, so it's just more like you have more things on your backlist. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's like I'm watching women take their tops off in showers in 80s slasher movies. I don't have time to watch Jonathan Van Ness, you know, running around. Yeah. Or Anthony Cook. I I don't. Good I've Lord, heard he yeah. doesn't do that. Oh man, what? <laughs> I think you just ruined the show for me, Brennan. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean for real. I just I I hear I've I saw a lot of memes that he's kind of like a shitty cook and he always just makes guacamole or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you know, well no because he has a. It's not fair though because he's like teaching straight men how to cook, and if you make guac, that's like. If you teach a straight guy how to make guac, like, that's... He will marry the first woman who figures out he can make guac. That's fair. I mean, yeah, you you can teach a man to make guac, but you can't... uh, I don't know. I can't finish that joke. (laughs) You know what? I appreciate the attempt at the joke. (laughs) Um, Insert good punchline here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that your fans can actually turn in a good punchline for that one. Actually, I I trust them implicitly. Um... Aww. But yes, so Freddy shows up in the kid's dream. He's like, who are you? This is Charlie Nichols' dream. And I I kind of enjoyed that kind of aspect to it. And he's like, what the hell? As long as I'm here, let's kill two jerks with one stone. <laughs> um, Basically, they're like, there's no way to stop Charlie's blood c- or, um, brain cells from multiplying unless we potentially swap out your entire bloodstream. And here's where my brain cracks in half thinking about the medical bills. <laughs> Um, and then, but then, like, he captures the original doctor who did this to him, though, right? Yeah, there, there's some sort of weird bathroom dream where he's eating chocolate and then an eyeball. But then, yes, that are, yeah, yeah, no, who knows? Yeah, okay, here's what happens. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I was just st- staring cross-eyed at my notes, being like, what the hell does he even say? <laughs> um, so there, he's hiding in an office. There is a fetus in a jar in this office, as you will find at a normal working hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, did they just not, not do any research? I'm like, oh, I've never been to a hospital before. Yep. I just assume they have like just bodies everywhere. Yeah, people are just hanging from little string trapezes like it's a pink concert, and there's pigs in jars and whatever (laughs) um but yes so he does yeah he does corner the doctor guy who did squirt the brain goo 
Um, but instead of like, you know, doing this, his judo chop and knocking him out, he just grabs his shoulders and the doctor falls to the floor unconscious. <laughs> He's the weakest yeah, man I in mean, the world. In, 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 <laughs> in defense of the teenager, that dude did look real soft. <laughs> yeah. He's, he was not prepared. Um, but he also gets the brain goose scored in him, right? Yeah. At the end of it. But then like. You got to tell me, man, does that, like, come back? Because, like, I kind of wanted that doctor to kind of get murdered, too. I mean, I, I think the implications of the doctor will get murdered because Freddy's like, welcome to Freddy's Funhouse. And that's kind of the end of it. it it's it's anticlimactic for sure. Yeah. Because if anybody deserved it, it's the one dude who tried to play God. Yeah. Dr. Frankenstein to the OR, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then freddie does a whole thing about like an apple a day won't keep freddie away whatever and he smears a bloody apple on the camera because that's what that's what we're up to now um yeah yeah he like cuts it and it starts bleeding and i'm like who what props guy had to figure that out <laughs> i mean sounds like a fun day honestly but yeah it, it's 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 peculiar <laughs> like like think of the meeting that they had like hey dude i need you to make this apple bleed I'm sorry, what? And also, here's $2, and you have 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, so we are at the end of this. What are your final thoughts, JPG? Was this episode a dream? Was it a nightmare, or did it put you to sleep? Uh, you know, to be quite honest, this was uh, this was the very first episode uh-huh. uh, that I've ever seen for this entire series. Does not shock me. <laughs> I'm not going to say that it put me to sleep, but not knowing anything about the show, like, it was definitely a nightmare for me. <laughs> okay. Um, just because I was like, wait, what did Brennan sign me up for at this point? Because <laughs> it was like, like, people got knives in their butts, they were <laughs> super horny, like, I, like there, there was a kid who had, like, brain cells put in, like, I, I don't know, man, like, that was... That's a very confusing, <laughs> that was a very confusing almost hour for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's really not a proper gauge that you can give your guests if they're not used to the horror genre. And, and Like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, there was no feasible way that Brennan could have prepared me for this. Yeah, and it, it, it it's not... I wouldn't say this is like necessarily indicative or representative of the horror genre like as a whole, but it is something that could only have come from the horror genre in the eighties, but it's such a twisted mass of content that you're like, what am I even staring at? And to that end, yeah, I would say like 80% nightmare, but 20% dream, especially any moment that we can see the uh, TV host just dangling by those wires, which is just (laughs) remarkable. I mean, for me, it was the side boob. The side boob did it for me. Oh, yeah. So. Um, I, I, I can theoretically understand that. <laughs> um, but yes. So, JPG, let's remind everyone, where can they find you out on the internet? Where can they find your shows? Where, where, are, we, where are we finding you these days? So, uh, first and foremost, you can find me uh, on In Quest of Geek. Uh, every week we will release a show, and then we're going to be releasing a new show pretty soon, hopefully by the end of November. And uh, our social media for that is at In Quest of Geek. I'm also on the Nerds on a Roll podcast, playing the Steel Spectre in this particular season. Uh, you can find us at NOAR underscore podcast. 
And last but not least, uh, in the next few months, I'm going to be one of the new cast members for Moon Harbor Heroes. And on Twitter, you can find them at Moon Harbor Cast. Sounds like a plan. Okay, um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Um, our, 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 <laughs> I can never, I, I put the words our and artwork together in a row and I can never say it. Oh, I do that all the time, dude. Don't <laughs> worry. Our, our artwork was created by Henry Hall. I just feel like I sound like a seal. Um, if you'd like to support... <laughs> If you'd like to support trans artists, which you should, you can send them a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us. Next episode, where JPG will be returning, is another sequel to a different episode. It's a follow-up to Photo Finish. A phony psychic channeler becomes possessed by Freddy Krueger. Meanwhile, Freddy makes a surprise appearance at his class reunion to get even with the prom date who scorned him. That's something that happens. Um, But we'll get to that on Friday. But until next time, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye.